0: Act Two of The Drummer, or The Haunted House, by Joseph Addison. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two Scene opens, and discovers Vellum in his office, and a letter in his hand.
1: This letter astonisheth. May I believe my own eyes, or rather my spectacles, to Humphrey Vellum, Esquire, steward to the Lady Truman. Vellum, I doubt not but you will be glad to hear your master is alive, and designs to be with you in half an hour. The report of my being slain in the Netherlands has, I find, produced some disorders in my family. I am now at the George Inn. If an old man with a gray beard, in a black cloak, inquires after you, give him admittance. He passes for a conjurer, but is really your faithful friend, G. Truman. P.S. Let this be a secret, and you shall find your account in it. This amazeth me. And yet the reasons why I should believe he is still living are manifold. First, because this has often been the case of other military adventurers second because the news of his death was first published in deere's letter thirdly because this letter can be written by none but himself i know his hand and manner of spelling fourthly
0: enter butler
1: sir here's a strange old
2: gentleman that asks for you he says he's a conjurer but he looks very suspicious i wish he be into jesuit
1: admit him immediately
2: i wish he be into jesuit but he says he's nothing but a
1: conjurer. he says right he is no more than a conjurer. ring him in and withdraw
0: exit butler
1: and fourthly as i was saying because
2: enter butler with sir george sir here is the conjuror aside what a devilish long beard he has i warrant it has been growing these hundred years Exit.
3: Dear Vellum, you have received my letter. But before we proceed, lock the door. It is his voice. Shuts the door. In the next place, help me off with this cumbersome cloak. It is his shape. So now lay my beard upon the table.
0: Vellum, after having looked on Sir George through his spectacles.
1: It is his face, every liniment. Ah, well now. I HAVE PUT OFF THE conjurer
3: AND THE OLD MAN, I CAN TALK TO THEE MORE AT MY EASE.
1: BELIEVE ME, MY GOOD MASTER, I AM AS MUCH REJOICED TO SEE YOU ALIVE AS I WAS UPON THE DAY YOU WERE BORN. YOUR NAME WAS, IN ALL THE NEWSPAPERS, IN THE LIST OF THOSE THAT WERE slain. WE HAVE NOT TIME TO BE PARTICULAR. I SHALL
3: ONLY TELL THEE IN GENERAL THAT I WAS TAKEN PRISONER IN THE BATTLE, AND WAS UNDER CLOSE CONFINEMENT FOR SEVERAL MONTHS upon my release i was resolved to surprise my wife with the news of my being alive i know vellum you are a person of so much penetration that i need not use any further argument to convince you that i am so
1: i am and moreover i question not but your good lady will likewise be convinced of it her honour is a discerning lady
3: i am only afraid she should be convinced of it to her sorrow is not she pleased with her imaginary widowhood? Tell me truly, was she afflicted at the report of my death?
1: Sorely. How long did her grief last? Longer than I have known any widows, at least three days. Three
3: days, sayest thou? Three whole days? I'm afraid thou flatterest me. Oh, woman, woman! Grief is twofold.
0: Sir George, aside
3: this blockhead is as methodical as ever but i know he's honest
1: there is real grief and there is methodical grief she was drowned in tears till such time as the tailor had made her widow's weeds indeed they became her became
3: her and was that her comfort truly a most seasonable
1: consolation but i must needs say she paid a due regard to your memory AND COULD NOT FORBEAR WEEPING WHEN SHE SAW COMPANY.
3: THAT WAS KIND INDEED. I FIND SHE GRIEVED WITH A GREAT DEAL OF GOOD BREEDING. BUT HOW COMES THIS GANG OF LOVERS ABOUT HER? HER JOINTURE IS CONSIDERABLE.
0: SIR GEORGE ASIDE.
3: AH, HOW THIS FOOL torments ME.
1: HER PERSON IS AMIABLE.
0: SIR GEORGE ASIDE.
1: DEATH. BUT HER CHARACTER IS UNBLEMISHED. She has been as virtuous in your absence as a Penelope. And has had as many suitors. Several have made their overtures. Several? But she has rejected all.
3: There, thou revivest me. But what means this tinsel? Are his visits acceptable? He is young. Does she listen to him? He is gay. Sure, she could never entertain a thought of marrying such a coxcomb he is not ill-made are the vows and protestations that pass between us come to this i can't bear the thought of it is tinsel the man designed for my worthy successor
1: you do not consider that you have been dead these fourteen months
0: sir george aside
1: was there ever such a dog and i have often heard her say that she must never expect to find a second Sir G. Truman. Meaning, Your Honor.
3: I think she loved me. But I must search into the story of the drummer before I discover myself to her. I have put on this habit of a conjurer in order to introduce myself. It must be your business to recommend me as a most profound person, that by my great knowledge in the curious arts can silence the drummer, and dispossess the house
1: i am going to lay my accounts before my lady and i will endeavour to prevail upon her honour to admit the trial of your art
3: i have scarce heard of any of these stories that did not arise from a love intrigue amours raise as many ghosts as murders
1: mistress abigail endeavours to persuade us that tis your honour who troubles the house that convinces me tis a cheat
3: FOR I THINK, VELLUM, I MAY BE PRETTY WELL ASSURED IT IS NOT ME.
1: I AM APT TO THINK SO TRULY.
3: (laughs) Abigail had always an ascendant over her lady, and if there is a trick in this matter, depend upon it she is at the bottom of it. I'll be hanged if this ghost be not one of Abigail's familiars.
1: Mistress Abigail has, of late, been very mysterious. I fancy, Vellum, thou couldst worm it out of her i know
3: formerly there was an amour between you
1: mistress abigail hath her allurements and she knows i have picked up a competency in your honour's service if thou hast
3: all i ask of thee in return is that thou wouldst immediately renew thy addresses to her coax her up thou hast such a silver tongue vellum as twill be impossible for her to withstand besides she is so very a woman, that she'll like thee the better for giving her the pleasure of telling a secret. In short, wheedle her out of it, and I
1: shall act by the advice
3: which thou givest me.
1: Mistress Abigail was never deaf to me when I talked upon that subject. I will take an opportunity of addressing myself to her in the most pathetic manner. In the meantime, lock me up
3: in your office, and bring me word what success you have. Ah oh, well, sure I am the first that ever was employed to lay himself.
1: You act indeed a threefold part in this house. You are a ghost, a conjurer, and my honoured master Sir George Truman. <laughs> you will pardon me for being jocular. Oh, Mr. Vellum, with all my
3: heart, you know I love you men of wit and humour. Be as merry as thou pleasest, so thou dost thy business.
0: Mimicking him.
3: You will remember, Valin, your commission is twofold. First, to gain admission for me to your lady, and secondly, to get the secret out of Abigail.
1: It suffices.
0: The scene shuts. Enter Lady Truman, Sola.
4: Women who have been happy in a first marriage are the most apt to venture upon a second. But for my part, I had a husband so every way suited to my inclinations, that I must entirely forget him before I can like another man i have now been a widow but fourteen months and have had twice as many lovers all of em professed admirers of my person but passionately in love with my jointure i think it is a revenge i owe my sex to make an example of this worthless tribe of fellows who grow impudent dress themselves fine and fancy we are obliged to provide for em but of all my captives mr tinsel is the most extraordinary in his kind I hope the diversion I give myself with him is unblameable. I am sure it is necessary to turn my thoughts off from the memory of that dear man who has been the greatest happiness and affliction of my life. My heart would be a prey to melancholy if I did not find these innocent methods of relieving it. Oh, but here comes Abigail. I must tease the baggage, for I find she has taken it into her head that I am entirely at her disposal. Enter Abigail.
5: madam! Madam! is Mr. Tinsel has as good as taken possession of your house. "'Mary,' he says, he must have Sir George's apartment enlarged, "'for truly,' says he, I hate to be straitened. "'Nay, he was so impudent as to show me the chamber where he intends to consummate, as he calls it.' "'Well, he is a wild fellow.' "'Indeed, he's a very sad man, madam.' He's young,
4: Abigail. Tis a thousand pities he should be lost. I should be mighty glad to reform him.
5: Reform him? Mary? hang him. Has not he a great deal of life? Aye, enough to make your heart ache. I dare say thou thinkest him a very agreeable fellow. He thinks himself so. I'll answer for him. He's very good-natured. He ought to be so, for he's very silly. Dost thou think he loves me? Mr. Fantome did, I'm sure. With what raptures he talked? Yes, but twas in praise of your jointure house. He has kept bad company. They must be very bad indeed, if they were worse than himself. I have a strong fancy a good woman might reform him. It would be a fine experiment, if it should not succeed. Well, Abigail, we'll talk
4: of that another time. Here comes the steward. I have no further occasion for you at present.
0: Exit Abigail. Enter Vellum.
1: Madam? is your honour at leisure to look into the accounts of the last week they rise very high housekeeping is chargeable in a house that is haunted
4: how comes that to pass i hope the drum neither eats nor drinks but read your account vellum
0: vellum putting on and off his spectacles in this scene
1: a hogshead and a half of ale it is not for the ghosts drinking but your honour's servants say they must have something to keep up their courage against this strange noise they tell me they expect a double quantity of malt in their small beer so long as the house continues in this condition
4: at this rate they'll take care to be frightened all the year round i'll answer for em but go on
1: item two sheep and a where is the ox ah here i have him and an ox your Honour must always have a piece of cold beef in the house for the entertainment of so many strangers who come from all parts to hear this drum. Item, bread, ten peck loaves. They cannot eat beef without bread. Item, three barrels of table beer. They must have drink with their meat.
4: Lady Truman, aside. Sure, no woman in England has a steward that makes such ingenious comments on his works.
1: Item, To Mr. Tinsel's servants, five bottles of port wine. It was by your Honour's order. Item, three bottles of Sack for the use of Mistress Abigail. I suppose that was by your own order. We have been long friends. We are your Honour's ancient servants. Sack is an innocent cordial, and gives her spirit to chide the servants when they are tardy in their business. (laughs) Pardon me for being jocular.
4: Well, I see you'll come together at last.
1: Item. A dozen pound of watch-lights for the use of the servants.
4: For the use of the servants? What, are the rogues afraid of sleeping in the dark? What an unfortunate woman am I. This is such a particular distress. It puts me to my wit's end. Vellum, what would you advise me to do?
1: Madam, your honor has two points to consider. Imprimus, to retrench these extravagant expenses which so many strangers bring upon you secondly to clear the house of this invisible drummer
4: this learned division leaves me just as wise as i was but how must we bring these two points to bear
1: i beseech your honour to give me the hearing
4: i do but prithee take pity on me and be not tedious
1: i will be concise there is a certain person arrived this morning an aged man of a venerable aspect and of a long hoary beard that reaches down to his girdle. The common people call him a wizard, a white witch, a conjurer, a cunning man, a necromancer, a— No
4: matter for his titles, but what of all this?
1: Give me the hearing, good my lady. He pretends to great skill in the occult sciences, and is come hither upon the rumor of this drum. If one may believe him, he knows the secret of laying ghosts. OR OF QUIETING HOUSES THAT ARE HAUNTED.
4: foe. THESE ARE IDLE STORIES TO AMUSE THE COUNTRY PEOPLE. THIS CAN DO US NO GOOD.
1: IT CAN DO US NO HARM, MY LADY.
4: I DARE SAY THOU dost not BELIEVE THERE IS ANYTHING IN IT THYSELF.
1: I CANNOT SAY I DO. THERE IS NO DANGER, HOWEVER, IN THE EXPERIMENT. LET HIM TRY HIS SKILL. IF IT SHOULD SUCCEED, WE ARE RID OF THE DRUM. IF IT SHOULD NOT, WE MAY TELL THE WORLD THAT IT HAS. AND BY THAT MEANS, AT LEAST, GET OUT OF THIS EXPENSIVE WAY OF LIVING, SO THAT IT MUST TURN TO YOUR ADVANTAGE ONE WAY OR ANOTHER.
4: I THINK YOU ARGUE VERY RIGHTLY. BUT WHERE IS THE MAN? I WOULD FAIN SEE HIM. HE MUST BE A CURIOSITY.
1: I HAVE ALREADY DISCOURSED HIM, AND HE IS TO BE WITH ME IN MY OFFICE HALF AN HOUR HENCE. HE asks NOTHING FOR HIS PAINS TILL HE HAS DONE HIS WORK. NO CURE, NO MONEY
4: that circumstance i must confess would make one believe there is more in his art than one would imagine pray vellum go and fetch him hither immediately
1: i am gone he shall be forthcoming forthwith
0: Exit. enter butler coachman and gardener
1: rare news my lads rare
2: news what's the matter
6: has they got any more veils for us
2: no tis better than that
7: is there another stranger come to the house
2: ay such a stranger as will make all our lives easy
6: what is he a lord a
2: lord no nothing like it
7: he's a conjurer a conjurer what is he come a wooing to my lady No, no you fool he's come a purpose to lay the spirit ay mary that's good news indeed but where is he
2: he's locked up with the steward in his office they are laying their heads together very close i fancy they are casting a figure
6: pretty john what's a creature's a conjurer
2: why he's made much as other men are if it was not for his long gray beard
7: look ye peter it stands with reason that a conjurer should have a long gray beard for did ye ever know a witch that was not an old woman why
6: i remember a conjurer once at a fair that to my thinking was a very smock-faced man and yet he spewed out fifty yards of green ferret i fancy john if lads get him into the pantry and give him a cup of ale he'd show us a few tricks dost think we couldn't persuade him to swallow one of thy case knives for his diversion He'll certainly bring it up again.
2: Peter, thou art such a wiseacre. Thou dost not know the difference between a conjurer and a juggler. This man must be a very great master of his trade. His beard is at least half a yard long. He's dressed in a strange dark cloak, as black as coal. Your conjurer always goes in mourning.
6: Is he a gentleman? Any a sword by his side?
2: No, no, he's too grave a man for that. A conjurer is as grave as a judge. But he had a long white wand in his hand.
7: You may be sure there's a good deal of virtue in that wand. I fancy tis made out of witch-elm
6: i warrant you if the ghost appears he'll whisk you that wand before his eyes and strike you the drumstick out of his hand
2: no the wand look ye is to make a circle and if he once gets the ghost in a circle then he has him let him get out again if he can a circle you must know is a conjurer's trap But what will he do with him when he has him there? Why, then he'll overpower him with his
6: learning. If he can once compass him and get him in Lob's pound, he'll make nothing of him but speak a few hard words to him and perhaps bind him over to his good behavior for a thousand years.
7: Aye, aye. He'll send him packing to his grave again with a flea in his ear, I warrant him no no
2: i would advise madam to spare no cost if the conjurer be but well paid he'll take pains upon the ghost and lay him look ye in the red sea and then he's laid for
7: ever ay mary that would spoil his drum for him why john
6: there must be a pair of spirits in that same red sea Only warrant you there is plenty as fish
7: well i wish after all that he may not be too hard for the conjurer i'm afraid he'll find a tough bit of work aunt
6: i wish the spirit may not carry a corner of his house off with him
7: as for that peter you
2: may be sure that the steward has made his bargain with the cunning man beforehand that he shall stand to all costs and damages but hark Yonder is Mistress Abigail. We shall have her with us immediately if we do not get
6: off. Ay, lads, if we could get Mistress Abigail well laid to, we should lead merry lives. For to a man like me, de' stout and bold, a ghost is not so dreadful as a scold.
0: End of Act 2